Oh, all right. Hey, folks, we're so happy to have you back here. I know you've been uh, faithfully listening to every episode as they come out, and I really do appreciate that. We've got under 10,000 listeners at the moment, which is a huge number, potentially. And uh, and I thank every single one of you for checking out what we're doing. That makes it all worth it. Um, let's see. I got a couple of pieces. Of, what, what's it called? Housekeeping? I got a handle here. First off, if you do want to comment on anything you hear on the episode or want to ask questions for current or future guests, remember, in over my head at protonmail.com. That's right, in over my head at protonmail.com. That's how you get a hold of us. I get about a million emails a day. I check every single one and the good ones we put on the air. So let us know your thoughts. The other uh, piece of housekeeping I've got is Donald, to answer your question, it was the kid with the fucking onion grass. That's the kid. The question Don asked was, which of the kids who were selling lemonade the other day, about two weeks ago, is least likely to succeed? It was the kid with the onion grass. You and I both know that. All right. Now that that's handled, let me introduce my guest today. It's someone that we're all familiar with since we've all heard uh, all of the form, uh, the previous episodes of the pod. It is my good friend, originally from the French class that we take together, but now we're both we're citizens of the world and we know each other that way. It's Michelle. Michelle, thank you so much for being on. How are you? Dan, what a warm welcome. I'm happy to be here again. Terrific. Well, we're glad to have you. Um, what the hell's going on? Well, most notably, I'm preparing to go to France. Should Whoa. I jump right into it right well, away, we're Dan? we're diving in. Should, should I or should I hold back? Absolutely. Okay. I'm, I'm good with it. Um, yeah. So you're preparing to go to France. In every uh, way possible. There's a lot of ways. you got to prepare. Wow. you gotta bring. You got to get there. you got to get your luggage there, but you also have to get your heart. Mm. You got to get your bank account there, Dan. <laughs> oh no shit! You I've been turn, hustling. You got to. Are you trying to figure hustling. out a clever ass way, some four X stuff to turn your USDs into euros? And don't worry, this girl has been saving her pennies for years. They're not pennies; they're called centimes, but that's fine. Okay. Wait, I actually, I don't think they means. are anymore. <laughs> You're gonna have to break that down for me. Wasn't then. they? Didn't they used to have francs and centimes, and that was like dollars oh, and cents? Oh, 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 oh! They might have. That You're sounds familiar. To, that sounds to... familiar. Before the euro, <laughs> pre-euro. Yeah, pre-euro. Okay. Yeah, pro-euro. Um, oh, wait a minute. So you're going to France? This is news to me. I'm actually heartbroken that you haven't told me this before. Um, when in the Christ are you going to France? Um, for the loyal listeners, I'd like you to know Dan was aware I was going to France. I was being, so... fa- I was being facetious. <laughs> yeah, I did know. Okay, he did know. And uh, I'm going in October. It's a bit of a bucket list thing. For the listeners out there, I am not 23, which you would think normally... You would go to France for seven months if I you were see. in your young 20s, oh, I feel like. most people in their early 20s, I just need to explore the world. Yeah, like, I just need to, like, do fun things before I settle down okay. and be an adult. So I'm, like a, I'm like a bona fide, like, middle of adult life, hey, I think. Don't right. you think? Uh, in our well, 30s? You're asking me. Michelle, yeah. remember that you and I differ in age by, I want to say, 12 days. Yeah, I was just like, yeah, we're the same age. Something like that, yeah. yeah. I, I'm, I'm well aware of the feeling of... Of the yeah, of the tandem feeling of youth and oldness at once. I feel I feel young and I feel old every single day. I don't feel old, listeners. Good. I don't. Um, well, you don't look old either. Yeah, but I didn't get to do a bunch of stuff in my twenties that I would have wanted to do uh-huh. for various reasons. Sure. Um, but I knew that one of the things I really wanted to do before I like truly settled down, had kids, the normal stuff was I wanted to learn French more fluently. Um, I made a vision board. Do you know what a vision board is, Dan? Sure. You put a yellow Lamborghini on there and you're guaranteed to get it. 
So you need to read a little bit more about manifesting. I know I'm teasing. That's not what you I'm do. teasing. But, so I the made joke it. about this is the Oprah concept, right? You believe it, then it becomes true. But that and that's but the you meme. Work for it. That's the meme thing, right? So tell me more about like the reality. What is the more realistic version of that idea? Okay, so 2011. Um, picture Hobby Lobby. Picture me in Hobby Lobby. Picture me buying the tiniest corkboard that they had, and an at-home printer. These were all involved in the dream board. Great. Uh huh. And so I thought, oh, okay. What would I want to put on there? So I found, um, you know, a house online in in St. Louis that was, I don't know, like a million dollars, but it was an it was an antique home. So that went on there. So the the dream the dream portion of that is more the antique quality of the home than it is the I need a million dollar home. Oh, the value doesn't matter at all. Okay. It's definitely oh, that it's so- a. It's that it's a historic home. But why not? But why not put a big pretty one on there as your sort of big, big bulging oh, sort of it, dream? It's because of the location of said home. Well, no, I, okay. So I, I guess what this I'm home saying was is in a location to get like. to, to understand better your idea of putting this big, expensive home on there. It's like why not put a canonic example or this big, bright example of the thing that I think I want? You're not going to put like a. Is it that you wanted an expensive home or that you wanted Mm-mm. a historic home? It didn't have to be expensive. It was that it was historic and the location of it. It was right across the street from Forest Park. If you're familiar with St. Louis, Lindell Boulevard. And I just love that location. I love the park. I love being active. And I thought, oh my gosh, wouldn't it be so great to live in a beautiful home across the street from the nation's largest public park? I actually cleaned the pool of one of those houses directly on Lindell, directly okay. across from... Okay. The park, and I remember thinking, this is absurd and and really neat and cool. Uh-huh. I lit. You literally had to drive my my little pool s my Chevy S ten pool truck under like a um a weird like pick up and drop off carport thing into the backyard, and it was this beautiful in ground thing with dark slate. It was neat. Um, and I remember thinking, it, it was weird at the time. I would clean these pools, and I didn't think about like I was just assumed that all these suburban houses were just houses, kind of like my parents owned, and it's like. Oh no no no! This house is cost literally ten to twenty times as much as that one. No wonder it's so damn cool. You were a pool boy, Dan. You just glossed over that, and we got to go back to that. Uh, you ne- were a next pool topic. boy. Did you get? <laughs> did you get solicited I as know, a pool boy? That's so, that's so funny. That's the classic question. Do people oh, ask you that? Only one time. Yeah. Only. Well, there was two times. Yeah. In in three years, three summers. I shouldn't say three years. Three summers of doing. I would do it when I came home from college. It was. 2005. Topless? <laughs> what? <laughs> Me or the solicitress? Both. <laughs> solicitor. I, I was topless once in of a while. Of course you were. You were the pool boy. Only, you had to. Only rarely and not for any particular reason. There were. Oh, sorry. Definitely for particular reasons. If I had to get in the pool, if something fell in, like straight up if I was working on, like if I was unscrewing something, a screwdriver falls in. I'm like, damn, I only have one of them. <laughs> And so it's, yeah, we're popping some clothes and I'm getting in. Um, the other times were the fake versions of that, which were, oops, I tossed my pen into the center of your pool because it's 108. Okay. And okay. I'm dying. So I need to cool off. So okay. here, here I am going to straight up bathe in your pool for a little while to cool off. Um, but no, I was not usually, not typically shirtless. Usually it was very modestly dressed. Um, yeah. Th- the summers of 2005, six and seven, my good friend, shout outs, Brad, he, uh, he, had a, he had an uncle that owned a big pool company, and they were cool enough to let me sign on as just kind of a menial worker. It was hourly. I started at 8.25 an mm. hour, and it wasn't bad work. It was hot, but I didn't mind it, and it was pretty easy. And yeah, occasionally you would run into homeowners. Every Basically, anybody who can afford pool service is, um, is pretty well off financially. 
And okay. almost always, nine out of 10 times, in a day I would clean between six and 10 pools and you might see one homeowner per day. You're just going in the middle of the day, they're either out at work or they don't give a shit. And yeah, so you're not like running into people, having long conversations or making friendships. But okay. once in a while you'd get an angry one. Oh. Why is this stain not coming up? Hey, I don't know what the hell to tell you. I mean, there's shit in your pool. I don't know. Uh, or how come you can't fix such and such problem when you got an underpowered pump and this whole thing was set up wrong? Whoever built it's an asshole. I'll tell my boss. Maybe he can help you. But, yeah. Most of the time it was just like they, they treated us as poor people, which we were. And they <laughs> so they were like just the, night, the benevolent rich folks that are just okay. like, hey, how are you? And then some people would give like cash tips. And so they knew I was poor. I was like, I'm, okay. not, I'm not really poor. I'm just anyway. Oh, tw- two times there was quote unquote solicitation, and so yeah, it wasn't. Wow! It was not, so it did happen. Yeah, there was an old lady that would be always outside just drinking and smoking. It was just she was just yeah, and she. It seemed pretty obvious that she was like open to the idea of like maybe. Okay. Yeah, she would make herself make herself available at the times that I was known to be there, okay. would, or would hurry outside when I got there, and was always in a bikini and would always have like a drink. And would light up a cigarette and okay. would then start trying to have a conversation, which, uh, yeah. you know, about nothing. I'm like, I assume this is a woman trying to trying to have weird random sex with a young person. Yeah. No interest. And then the other time people tried to, were trying to like sell me their daughter. They were like, the, we we are going to make you marry our daughter. And Wait, I, wow. Very, uh, very unusual. Because she was like, had a promising scholarship in volleyball and stuff. It's like, but they were convinced after... They came outside to kind of force a conversation. What's up, buddy? And I told them I was going to engineering school. And they're like, oh, have you met our daughter? Like, no. <laughs> yeah, they, you're like, I work and, in this pool business. And they, like, they were like, there she is over there. Look. I'm like, is she, is she going to come say hi or something? What am I supposed to be doing here? Because I was single at the time. And I'm like, I would not be against necessarily like meeting this person. But this seems weird uh-huh. how it's all coming. And yeah, and they... They anyway, they they tried to make me they were like, Well, she you know she's having a graduation party tonight. And high school or college? It would have been high school. She was eighteen. I would have been at the time nineteen. So I don't okay, think Okay, so not crazy. Okay. Wasn't su- super weird, right? I mean I'm trying to told him I was a sophomore in college, so it wasn't that far off. And I skipped a grade, so I was young. I was we were probably definitely less than two years separated. Might have been less than a year apart. The age thing wasn't as weird as it might seem. But um it's like, isn't she gonna go to like a D one school and go play real sports and the why in the world would you think I'm the guy? Maybe they're just nervous about all the dudes are going to be dicking her down when she gets to college and they want her to settle down with some nerd okay. or something. I have no idea what the nice deal was. Nice guys are the best. But they're like, <laughs> they're like, why don't you come to her graduation party tonight? I'm Did like, you go? No, I thought about it. She Because the thing is, she was really good looking. She was super Why good. didn't you she go, was super Dan? good looking because you, I would have rolled up in an 86 Corolla, which by the way was, what color do you think my 86 Corolla was? It wasn't even Black? mine. Black? No. It was brown. Mm. You're like, what color brown? No, brown. A brown of brown. It was like brown. And I'm going to roll up in a beat up old 86 Corolla. And then I'm going to show up with like, what, a gift? I don't have money for a gift. And just like, well, you're, who are you? Uh, my name's Dan. I clean your pool. Uh, what? <laughs> what are you doing here? Well, your parents insisted I come. Why? I think they want me to to fertilize your eggs. I don't know what. <laughs> I didn't. I realized there was no way to possibly you bring a friend, Dan. That's how you do. That's I mean, how you pull that one off. You start. Uh, so step one: have a friend. 
Dan, you had friends. <laughs> anyway, so that went on way longer than I wanted to. Thank you for giving me a Dan, tangent I ha- we to remember. Had to know about to your pool boy life. Yeah. No, you only wanted to know one specific portion of my pool boy life, which was solicitation and or exactly. The, <laughs> and I, so did everyone else. Uh, and right. you're welcome, now listeners. Yeah, that old lady with her gin and whatever she was drinking out there. I don't know what she's doing. That was over in the Central West End. That could have and been a story, the young though, lady, Dan. That young lady, I assume she's probably got kids now. She's living a great life. That was. Um, um, I can't remember the name of the road, but it was if you keep if you take Manchester all the way west past 141, and then a couple more big stop signs, then you pop another left there, and there's these big big houses over there, and uh, yeah, they were over there. Anyway, she's a volleyball player, great looking, and uh, good for you. I hope things are going great for you, and uh, you know she's probably a listener. Yeah, well, we have less than ten thousand. As a matter of fact, um, we have quite a few listeners would you have have you ever been curious michelle i know you're a, I a am big so fan freaking curious a big fan of the pod i've been i've been uh our listeners around come since from, the beginning so i'm like our really listeners curious. come from all over the planet Ooh, so, analytics he is looking yeah. at an analytics uh-huh. graph look at that look at that total downloads Boo boo! Exactly. I know. That's it. amazing. Isn't that cool? Yeah. And so then, what, what's your biggest month for uh, downloads? Um. Well, it's been it's been going down. We we really hit hard with total frequency of uploads early on, and so we have a lot more back. But um, the listens, wait is that when you started it? Yeah, we started. L- it's not even a year old. Oh no, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, September. Let's see. First one was Jet D. Shoutouts, Jet. Jet D. Okay. Yeah, step six. What was your most popular episode? It's still Jet D's. There's uh, enough what? people. I think enough people were like, maybe this guy's funny. And they all listened. It, and most of them were like, nah. What was the title? Um, it was called, well, so I was still using the meme of the, the slash symbol meaning over like it would in arithmetic. Okay. And so I, I was trying to do titles that would use over and replace it with a slash. So... What I had done was we, in that moment, we just off the top of my head okay. na- named the podcast in over my head. Uh-huh. And then the first episode was called, but done overthinking it. Okay. I'm in over my head, but look, I'm not thinking. I'm just, we're just going to go. I'm done overthinking okay. it. Let's go. The next one, Don may be overqualified for this because uh-huh. Don's hilarious. He's just a natural. And then I had controversial emails. Jimmy came over to chat. Coaches feuding over their equipment. Okay. By demand, we have an episode that's finally over an hour. Uh, Nathan had not spent nine summers at Cloverleaf Ranch. Oh, yeah. okay. Okay, right, so then right. what was the most popular one then? Uh, the, well, still to date, the total, most total downloads before any given episode is the first one. That was with Jet. Since then, we've oh. had other, other popular episodes were Bear's first episode, which was turning over, turning over every stone, and then... Fawn was pretty popular. Let's see. Kelsey's first app was pretty popular. Um, let's see. Overpromise and underdeliver. <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so it's been pretty consistent, but yeah, pretty cool. But yeah, so we have a lot fewer uploads now per whatever, per time, but still keeping pretty consistent listenership. Actually, I think that's really good. Pretty neat. Yeah, pretty exciting. For less than a year old. That's uh-huh. amazing. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun. I'm glad we're, yeah, I'm glad we started it. I have a lot of fun doing it. Now, here's the real, the real bones of it all. Where do our listeners come from? Now, we've looked yeah. at this a few times and we brought this up on the pod a couple of times. This, is this cannot be real. I, I, it t- says <laughs> Russia. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. Like what? 
I so here's my <laughs> I like to I like to play along as if it's 100% accurate cuz Do you think it is or frank, do you not well, think it is? Frankly, I don't know. I You're an engineer, Dan. What do you think? I as an engineer, uh-huh. I al- I only deliver answers with confidence intervals. I am 90% confident that it is 50% wrong. Oh, wow. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. I um, that's just a joke about nerds dodging the question with confidence intervals. Confidence intervals are a real thing. It's not people dodging the question. That's a real thing. Most answers to technical questions must be given with a thing called confidence. Anyway, um, seven, only 77% of my listeners are from my beloved Estados Unidos. Okay. Um, according to these stats, the next 17% supposedly... That's of insane. these downloads come from the great state of Germany, wherever that's from. Is that next to Nebraska or where's Germany? It's a little further away. Oh, that's a different country. Mm-hmm. Holy crap. Mm-hmm. Um, 17%. I have difficulty with that because I don't think, I'm not sure that I know anybody who's ever. I wish you could see who it was and message them. How cool them. would that be? Exactly. Yeah. And here's what, I, here's what I can do instead is say, hey, folks, you guys out there in Germany, you know the deal. Send us a message. In over my head at, at protonmail.com. Please let us know what's popping over there. We love that you're listening. This is so fun for us to just explore these stats and think about who the heck it might be. Let us know. And if it's in German, y'all, I could Google Translate that. Yeah. Or I could just guess what it means. <laughs> that would be you better. Know? Yeah. It, I, <laughs> um, the next 1.74% are from <laughs> from God's greatest uh, achievement, Russia. Then the United Kingdom g- brings us 1.67%. After that, in no particular order other than the order. The, of other the than the actual order. Yeah. Netherlands, Canada, Philippines, Mexico, and the Brazil. And I apparently have maybe one. Let's see. That would be, no, 0.29% out of. Yeah, that would be a cup. That would be more than one. Listens from Australia. Honestly. I don't think any of these are real. Okay. If you think about it, though, if you were going to listen to a podcast from another country, how much cooler would it be to listen to a normal person's podcast than like, you know, business podcast? Oh, then listen to some These are like the normal people. Are you... Are you calling me normal? Is this like what? Is this like in? Oh no, Dan! I'm calling you a pool boy. Is, <laughs> this is like in Mean Girls when she's like, "That's the worst insult you can give somebody is to call them ordinary or whatever. You're you're basic. You're ordinary." I would say you're, you're definitely an average American in terms of fame. Not even a little above. I you're a, more fameful. I have a podcast. Okay, you're fameful because of your podcast. Fame but if the podcast did not exist, yeah. I would say ordinary because. Of fame. Sure, of course, yeah. No, yeah. no more famous than than Ron John down the street. Sure, I mean, to people in another country, yes, probably so. Sure, yes, to the St. Louis, you're very popular. What if we could fool them into thinking that I'm someone famous over here, someone important over here? I don't think that that's not the that's it's not ag- the draw. Against the spirit of the I whole, think the draw yeah. is you're <laughs> you're an a normal human. Forget your nationality. You're human and you're communicating to everyone. This is if somebody could be to be normal is probably all I ever wanted when I was younger. And I've reached the point where even cool people are like, "No, Dan. No, you're not cool, dude. You're normal." like thank you i'll take it um thanks to those who are listening in the rest of the world uh we still have no one from africa according to this no one wh- what i'm really trying to break into is the north korean market <laughs> you might have a place there you know, yeah the democratic people's republic over there and then after <laughs> that i'm looking for um togo then i really wanted um lesotho then what else do we got we have like uh 
Palau. What are the smallest little countries? What about France, Dan? What about France? I got lots of people coming from France's neighbor that I, for a second thought France's was neighbor. France's neighbor. Oh, Should we circle back to France? Francais? Oh, my goodness. The French have given me nothing. What I'm curious to see I'm going to listen to the podcast from France. is after October yeah. when my good friend Michelle is there and decides that she wants to see what's popping with the pod that she was a, a star of and can really? again be a star of. We'll figure out a way to do it remote. From France. Okay. Anyway, um, do my downloads in France go up? Or the simple fact that I can parler français très bien. Is that going to get me some French listeners? I don't know. We'll see. Whatever. Um, speaking of France. Let's talk about it. We were talking a little bit about how you are planning to go to France in October. Um, vision board item. It was a vision board item. This to has speak been French. A thing that you, you wanted to learn the language and then also live there. Legitimately live there for so a period actually, of time. So actually, the living there wasn't as much of a thing. It actually just comes from wanting to know the language better and just it's so easy to be busy with life. You know, we took French class together. Sure. Like, let's be real. Did we do homework that often? Yeah, only when I, yeah, I mean. I mean, you tw- did it more than me. 20 minutes prior to class, I'm racing through it. Yeah. And, yeah, and I felt bad not doing it, but it so was bad. like. So the, bad. I'm giving this class two hours per week. Like, I just, I paid for it. I know I need to show up. I feel bad if the teacher thinks that I'm some kind of douche that doesn't show up. So I show up on time and I'm there for the whole time, but it's like, I'm giving you just this amount of time. I'm not like I know. immersing myself. I know. It's hard. It's hard. Yeah, but it's sure. something that I really wanted to do, speak another language. Sure. And I feel like I'm on the cusp now. We know and a you, lot. Because you have done, you have immersed yourself more at other times. You really put the pedal to the metal yes. in order because you wanted to, well, you had a goal a few months back, right? Yeah. So I took the Delph B1 there you go. in December. And Intermediate? It's intermediate, intermediate one, uh, pretty much. And so I passed and I did that because I looked into different avenues to go to France um, because I figured if if I was going to learn the language, I would have to be there for a longer period of time. And since we are pretty much intermediate, we're at a good place to go. I think, and really make headway. Oh, I see. If you wait till you're too good, it's kind of like, well, there's not much there's oh, I was actually, marginal benefit. But if you're too, if you're too elementary, you go and you you're I was fish thinking, out of water. Yeah, I was thinking if you're too elementary, you can't get as much out of it because you. I mean, you can't understand anything. You're begging for translations constantly. Yeah, right. yeah. So I felt like I was at a good place. Um, I looked into going in 2017, but I was not in a good place. So then. Um, that's when I found the Alliance. Oh, I see. Oh, yeah. you had, so you had done it like in high school and, and you kind of like eh, vocab- kind, yeah. some vocabulary, some kind of. Yeah. I did a um, internship in Paris in college for like six months, but my French at. Six month internship in Paris? Architect- architectural internship. You didn't know that. I knew that, but you, this and that didn't um, that didn't help like propel you. Oh, it was the worst because everyone spoke English. I see. And I was with okay, all of my okay, like yeah. American classmates, oh, you know yeah. and everyone at work spoke English. So it became the norm to just kind of skirt around and not really talk much French. Let's be real. If they were speaking straight up French to me, I was at such a low level that it wouldn't like I wouldn't have really learned well because you're because your goals at that time were different your goals at that time weren't so centered around I'm really gonna need this I really need to put in the effort no but it solidified the I'm gonna make this happen at some point okay I see. so then I you know off and on would take like a French class here or there 2017 I looked into going for a longer period of time realized that 
my language levels weren't at a level they needed to be. Um, so what made you realize that? So just uh, recognizing that some people listening might be in a similar boat and might be using this as kind of like a connect and 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 sort of connect to their own. What's the word? No, come on. What's the word? I can identify identification. Ah, okay. Uh, what what is it that made you realize oh shit I was a little cocky and maybe thought I was better than I was how did you find out ooh I'm actually not as good as I thought um, so if I was going to be honest I didn't figure out that I wasn't prepared until after I had decided not to go so what made me realize that was actually I looked into doing the program that I'm going to do in this October which is um being a teaching assistant in France, so you're paid by the French government to teach English. You looked in that same program, but years prior. In 2017, I okay. looked into it. I, I randomly found it, and I um, wasn't at a language level. You had to be an intermediate level, and I was so annoyed because I was like, "Well, that's the whole reason I want to go is to learn French, and I want to be at this intermediate level." And oh, I'm but not. at some point, there's it's like, "Hey, who's paying for it?" Like, you, there's got you have to provide something in return. There's got to be some value. There's got to be some. Uh, like you were saying, an avenue. How do, how are we going to get there? That's going to make financial sense. No, well, no, that wasn't it. at the time. They they needed me to be an intermediate speaker, and they need you to be because you're totally on your own. You have to set up your own bank account. You have to find your own housing. So that's why the program requires that. So because of that, because I didn't qualify for that, and that's what I really wanted to do um, was you know learn French. I did a language immersion program in Montreal for six weeks. And so that, after that program, that's when I realized, wow, I would have been wasting my time in France because there's so much I don't know. It was, it was really helpful. It helped me get over a fear of speaking, which quickly went away after I got home. But at the time, I had no fear oh, of you speaking. Mean, you mean your, your openness to speaking. Mm -hmm. You became, again, kind of afraid of speaking when you it's became insulated oh my God, again. it's so crazy how fast it can recoil interesting yeah. yeah interesting yeah you get very yeah in each class yeah each time you walk into the classroom she starts off just rattling off hard-ass french at you and you're like oh, nervously you try to break into some french and then here next thing you know 20 minutes in you're pretty comfortably rattling it off and i'm, I'm agreeing with you that like then you leave the classroom and it doesn't take very long before it's like, I'm scared again. Like it, you really have to lubricate or have to warm up. Let's put it this way. When I encounter French speaking people, I know I could communicate with them on a basic level and I choose not to because it's not comfortable enough. I don't feel confident enough to do it. I know the exact same thing. I feeling. still try. I've been, I've been making a better effort. I recently met a man from Haiti who speaks Haitian, but he also spoke French. And then I asked him that and he was so excited and he started speaking to me in yeah, French. And most so, time people, and so are, I did. people are pumped. Yeah. Yeah. And so I spoke to him in French and he was like extremely surprised that I could say anything. Right. Um, and uh, yeah, so, but it is, it's a struggle. So, Which so is that's a little when I different. realized. Yeah. Those are the two different versions of speaking French though. Like speaking f conversational French. The one is with people that don't expect you to. And then mm -hmm. obviously the op the the alternative is with people that expect you to. So it's like if you're gonna, I imagine trying like trying to hold down a job that a French person should be holding down, mm -hmm. and instead it's me. It's like, well, yeah, I passed the such and such Delph. Maybe I I personally haven't. But so Dan, that's actually my goal to speak French professionally. 
Right, right, right. So I like that in makes, my job. that would make me very nervous because now oh, it's the next level. People, We're not there. Yeah. We're not there. When you're talking to a guy in a cab who's from the Cote d'Ivoire and he's like, oh my God, I can't believe that you speak French. And we're just rattling back and forth. He's so patient with me not knowing yeah. shit. And it's, this is just so cool to be able to talk to somebody yeah. versus if it's somebody who's like, I just need these figures, these numbers. I just need this thing. I I imagine that being the next level of like shame or of guilt or of, of like uh, insecurity. It's not even the utilitarianness of I need this information. It's more you base intelligence off of like articulate yeah. uh, articulation. Oh, I see it all the time at work. Yeah. We work with a bunch of Indian engineers. We have a branch in India that does a lot of work for us and seeing how people react to them not seeming to not speak perfect English. Yeah. And the thing is they speak really damn good English and they're really good engineers for whatever level they're at. We've got a bunch of young guys over there. These guys are probably 25 to 30 max and they're, we have them doing pretty high level work and they're giving these weekly reports and stuff with great PowerPoint presentations. And just, but hearing them talk, there's an accent. If you're not used to the accent, it takes some getting used yeah. to. And I get such a cringe feeling anytime somebody is like, responds in such a way as to suggest like what the fuck is it like what as if as if it's incompetent engineering simply because they're having a difficult time recognizing that it's like Mm -hmm. damn but there is a natural tendency of that that if a person is fumbling with a language it means that they don't understand things in general Mm -hmm. well no i'm just having a difficult time saying it in your stupid language you know like there's a hundred million languages how many 400 recognized languages I know what I'm thinking. I just can't say it in your. Yeah. I mean, I challenge you to tell me what the word for curly brackets is in French. I can tell you that easily, but I'm not going to because I don't want to embarrass our listeners. Who Thank all, you, Dan. Who Thank also you. don't know. Curly brackets. Oh, my gosh. You mean in, in just like ty- typed, like a special character, you have forward slash backslash curly brackets. Uh-huh. Do you know that word? I certainly don't. I looked it up recently. Curly brackets. Like, oh, so they, so they call them. So you have parentheses and then brackets, square brackets. And then what some curly brackets. in math we call so I've curly brackets I've heard, but um, braces they call them in math. Oh, they call curly brackets braces. I've seen parentheses brackets braces. As, Interesting. And that's how you would do like if you had a I'm going parentheses within square square brackets. So that might be a more common term because not all coders are necessarily mathematicians. <laughs> that's funny, Dan. What? Why? I don't know. I just that's funny. Yeah. I wonder if yeah. braces is the mathematician's approach to calling that, or if yeah, if anybody heard curly brackets, they know exactly what you mean. Because they're curly. It's kind of got a little curl to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Some people can't draw them. Some people are just like incapable. I've always thought I was a pretty good curly bracket. As a matter of fact, Danny, I gonna... might have example curly brackets. I got braces. Oh my god, he does. He has them on braces. the board at this exact moment. <laughs> we just braces. turned around and in look our at, seats. Look at my sinusoids too. I got good ass haver signs over Are there. These, is this your math for fun board? This was math for fun, yeah. Okay. This was shout outs project or this I believe was let's see. Did you solve this one? Uh, regrettably no. It's a really Damn it. it's a really cool problem. It's project Euler number I'm gonna stop because I don't wanna waste a big bunch of people's times. All right, folks, I had to go look it up. I didn't want to bore you with it. Actually, Michelle and I just had a really interesting conversation about the nature of the problem itself. It's a really cool problem, and I did a masterful job with multiple colors of dry erase pen of elucidating what's happening up to N equals 5. I've actually solved the problem using MATLAB and some visualizations up to N equals 10. My solution approach fails at N equals 11. The problem requires you to solve at N equals 17 and then gives this bombshell 
that the problem is actually unsolvable for any n greater than 17. It's really cool. Look it up. It's projecteuler.net, and the problem number is 794. Oh, you should definitely spell Euler for people. Oh, yeah, Project Euler. weird <laughs> spelling. Project is spelled normal. Euler is the name of a scientist from, I don't know, hundreds of years ago, and his name is spelled E-U-L-E-R, and that's .net, not .com. You remember whitehouse.com when we were younger? And it's uh -huh. like It was like porn or something. No, the, the government website is whitehouse.net or .gov if you want to get like information about the uh, cabinet members. But then if you type in whitehouse.com, it's like boobs or something. And kids were getting kicked out of school. Not me. <laughs> anyway, um, Michelle, thanks for going on that tangent with me. Yeah. Uh, let's head back over to uh, your desire and interest in learning French and uh, what led us up to this point. So where we leave off? Let's see. Um... Couldn't qualify for the program in 2017. Decided to join the Alliance Francaise. Oh, no, wait. Excuse me. Did a language immersion program in Montreal. Yeah. Realized, okay, I got to keep going. I made progress, but oh my gosh, do I have a long way to go. Sure. And so I joined the Alliance Francaise, and that's where I met you eventually. But I think I was there before yeah. you. Oh, who, we were in a different class. Who was your teacher when you started? Carla from the beginning. It was Carla from the beginning? Yeah. So I... I got, so it was me and Jennifer. Shout outs, Jennifer. Who, uh, um, you don't say what? Oh, okay. Thing. Anyway, um, shout outs, Jennifer, who had been one of my contemporaries from much earlier. We had had Stephanie and then Simon. And then Simon, we, it was just me and Jennifer. So there was just the two of us and it didn't make sense. Wait, so you work with Jennifer? Well, I don't work with her, but she also, she works for the same company and she works like n sort of near to where I work. That's oh, all. okay. Yeah. So, but she's totally, I mean, our jobs are n almost entirely not related other than we work for the same company. Okay. But she, she, we were co, like co classmates dating back to almost, well, dating all the way back to when I started and they had started as A1 pure beginners five or six months before I started. Oh, I jumped wow. in I jumped in halfway to A1 because I already knew a lot of vocabulary and stuff from high school. Yeah, and then Stephanie wanted to quit doing certain classes. She only, she just wanted to spend more time with her family, so she stopped doing her weekday classes and only okay. would do the weekend ones. That bumped us over to with um, being with Simon, and he, uh, then that class that was like six people or something uh -huh. just shriveled for whatever reason to the okay. point that it was just me and Jennifer. And it just didn't make sense anymore to have a class of two people. Mm, and once in a while, mm -hmm. one of us doesn't show, and it's a one-on-one -on -one class. It just doesn't make sense. So they dumped us into Carla's class, and that was okay. a class of like eight or ten. At the was time. it a level up though? Um, not really. It was pretty close to being the same. I okay. think it. I think it dumped us back a like one or two chapters of of A two when mm. we when we started with Carla, or maybe we were early B one. I don't remember. But we, yeah, we started with Carla, yeah, and that was the first one. time I was in it. We were in like the big room. Yeah. With, uh, back then it was, yeah, we were up at the front with like 10 or 12 people. And then that shrunk down, and it was me, you, Maria Dulce. It was uh, Ann and John, and there was a couple others that trailed Tripled off, in. and a couple other ins and outs, uh -huh. people that came. In. Oh, and Katie. Shout out to Katie. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, and so it's kind of shriveled down again, but now Carla is gone, and we're we had a time with Solange when Carla was busy with other stuff. And then, yeah, so now we're with Anne-Sophie. And she's great. She's super French. And she, okay. she's really cool. But uh, it's just me, Anne, and John now. Oh, okay. I'll come back eventually. I know. Um, so another long answer to a short question. So you had started with Carla. And after a few months of you being in her class, that was the time that me and Jennifer got dumped in, I assume. Yes. So I started with um, Carla. Right. 
and I was way over my head. The class was more advanced than I was. Do you remember if it what level it was supposed to be at yeah, the time? Yeah, it was A2. Okay. I joined at A2, but when I went to the A1 classes, it was too simple. I was more advanced than that. They weren't talking very much at all. Who were your A1? Who was the A1 teacher that you were with? I, it wasn't had nothing to do with the teacher. It had to do with the students. And nobody wanted to speak French. Yes, and I was at a higher speaking level because I had done the immersion program. Carlos was the first time. Well, Simone was this way too, but Carlos was the first time that it was kind of expected and it was wide open that everyone is speaking French. We're all doing a shitty job of it, but you just speak French. And that's a weird thing because with Stephanie and some of the other classes I had, it was early enough that you're allowed to just speak a lot of English most of the time. The same thing you were talking about with one of your experiences, Mm -hmm. it just became the norm that it's allowed. Forcing it to have to be French all the time, unless you have an absolute, you know, you just can't get around it was one of the biggest things so that was yeah when i when i started with carla i couldn't understand most of what she was saying right i i would catch a couple words here or there a couple verbs but like really i noticed a notable difference after maybe a year and a half i started to recognize when she would say um mapele like she she called herself or she called someone she could like like seeing the possessive pronouns and i don't even know what they're called but like to before things oh sure yeah 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 what do we call that i wonder good question um those are pronouns those are direct objects typically and those are hate there must be another word for yeah yeah yeah. i don't know i'm not yeah so i just i started to i would could started to hear past tense i started to hear different things that i wasn't hearing before i started to notice um, different parts of the vocabulary that, you know, the sentence structure, I could separate out the words. Whereas yes. in the beginning, it was so terrible because they Just were all like, the same. Sounds like one long word. And then, yeah, and the articles mixed with the nouns to me. And uh, actually, Dan and I on many occasions got confused about some of the article noun combos because we're like, oh, we thought you were saying this. Um, oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, like yeah, yeah totally they i love that you said that because i always thought the same thing that was the first thing i realized with the difficulty of of listening to or of quote-unquote oral comprehension in other languages you have typically four groups of like the things you have to learn there's there's the oral and then the other is um compositional like you oh sorry no, there's no, no. oral and writing oral and, speaking and written and sorry and then speaking listening. and listening yeah i got it backwards yeah so you have oral listening oral composition and mm-hmm. written listening or written, mm-hmm. like reading and written composition and the one that i always found most difficult and i assume this is probably true for a lot of people is listening like oral oral comprehension yeah so and i always try to explain it to people as when you're not that familiar with the language it just sounds like one fucking long word it sounds like one 150 syllable word yeah you don't know where the word where one word stops and the other one starts yeah that's the most difficult part at least when you're reading you can see this is a new word i may not know what it is but at least i know it this is a word this is a word this instead of and you're like that's a little german sound that might have been 50 different words yeah it might have been one single word So, so yeah i started to like piece apart words and i could tell that i was getting better and then last summer and i couldn't even tell you why dan i could not tell you why i started to research random things online and i came across the same program i had looked up so okay last summer it would have been 2021 and i looked up this program in 2017 so four four years we're gonna say yep okay 
And I looked at the qualifications for the program and I realized I 100% qualified because I was like, you need to be an intermediate speaker. And I knew I wasn't an intermediate speaker last summer, but I was like, by this time next year, I could be. And I knew that I was close enough that I could be. And then they wanted you, they preferred if you had had teaching experience. And as you know, I randomly in the course of three years, like found out, oh, substitute teaching is pretty easy. I can do that with like, you know, owning my own business if I have a couple days off and it kind of gave structure to my week and got me going early and was super easy for me to do. And so, and I also had coached in that same time a cross country team. So I had like, you know, leadership, but also, you know, like experience dealing with high school students. Experience with dealing with kids. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just kind of crazy because I was like, wow, all three, this, oh, you, you're three years ago, I didn't qualify at all on any level and your, whatsoever. Your life path sort of just gently happened Accidentally, to cur- these perfectly. Cur- a bunch of curved paths sort of just passed through all the necessary requirements. Yes. That's fucking awesome. It's awesome. But I almost didn't do it. I almost now, got a master's instead is in this, French. <laughs> is it? Well, is it? Let me ask. So none of the, the fact that you happened to pass through in that four year time that you mentioned uh-huh. passed through uh, experiences that essentially checked these boxes that was not active that was just sort of passively it was a hundred percent not active and so and then four years later you go hey wait a minute here's this thing i kind of wanted to do before i gave up because i realized i was way out of my depth i got another woo-woo thing for you too <laughs> uh okay should we do we have to do it now i don't know what are that what is a woo-woo Oh, um, just sort of like, ooh, things kind of fell together. So when I looked at it last summer, I realized there's an age limit to being able to do this. The max age you can be is 35 when you start the program. What do you think is the reason for that? I've asked several people and they think they want younger people because uh, the vernacular, they wanted them to teach the English vernacular of the young. Oh, interesting. Okay. That's what, that's what another language teacher had told me. It doesn't make much sense to me. Like who cares? Yeah. It seems like there's not going to be that different. There must be an ulterior, there must be something else, but I guess who cares? Whatever. So 35, then you're saying, well, maybe you only have, you don't have a So I'm 35 right now. And so when I start the program in October, I'll be 35, which is fine. But that, you know, in February, our birth month of, you know, next year, I will be 36. So I won't be able to do it. The Pisces of 87 uh-huh. are, are, uh, are running out of opportunities. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're, y'all, your time is up. You can't, you can't do Tepe. Wow. So this, okay. So a lot of planets aligned. You're Okay. So you realized you were capable. So you started looking into the details, which I assume led you to the realization that quote unquote intermediacy in French requires a certification or requires someone to, you, you can't have, just say, I promise. You have to be able to prove an intermediate level. Yeah. And so you can do it in two ways. You can take the certified uh, test by the French government, which is called the DELF. And so you can take that at whatever level and B1 is the level they required. Or you can have a teacher write you a recommendation saying that you speak at that level. So I wanted to do the DELF um, because I didn't want to have to rely on someone's recommendation. The DELF in the United States, the DELF that you took is sanctioned by the French government. The the DELF is is a French test. It's fully French, right. So Isabelle or whoever we have is like a, a representative of the French government in this regard. I, in order yes, to the administer. Alliance Francaise is, is a French organization. Is a French thing, yeah, yeah. which is super cool. I, I kind of didn't know that, but they fly a French flag, yeah. which is a funny thing to think. It's like you can't necessarily just be throwing up country flags without, uh, I mean, maybe you can if you're just like, oh, I, I just love Montenegro. Yeah. Or, But yeah, they, they fly a French flag, and I didn't realize, I don't know if it's like an embassy or something. This is not French. 
ground. It's not. Fr- it's not. Like it's an, not. No. It's just it's an organization supported yeah. in France. But right. So they are able to administer these things on the behalf, essentially, of in one way or another. They can the administer of. the language tests. Sure. Yeah. And so then, okay. So you said I want to do it this way to make it official. Uh-huh. You decided on such and such date because you will schedule this month's out. I'm going to take the Delph B1, the, the which is the intermediate uh-huh. exam, and decided, you know what, I'm just going to pour myself into it. And I'm going to start preparing and get a little bit more than that. I researched how many hours it takes to get from one level to the other. I I feel like I could pretty eh, accurately assess how many uh, where I was at. I I felt like I was. You know how sometimes you can think you're better than you are? I, I knew enough to know where I was at at that point. That's it wasn't f- like the beginning. It's a good feeling. I would have told someone in 2009, yeah, I speak a little French. I'm probably B1. No, not B1, but I would have been like, oh, yeah, I speak a little French. And I could literally ask, where where's the bathroom? Like right now, I could say I speak a little French. Yeah. And someone would be like, oh, you speak a lot of French. But I know I speak a little French because awesome. I know how much there is That's to know. That's awesome. Totally. Yeah. Yep. That's The more you learn, the less you know yeah which is a really brilliant thing to realize and it's an awesome thing to yeah it's an awesome like life lesson as you get a little bit older yeah so i looked it up and i was like okay best case scenario i have to study for i think it was like a hundred hours i was like worst case scenario hundred hours of study and preparation just for the exam i think they mean a hundred hours to get you from an a1 or an a2 passer to a b1 passer right a total classwork homework Yes, so it's 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 the total study time you're taking for that language to completely move from one level to the next. The what I read online is it's between 200 and 400 hours of study, and it depends on the person and yeah. what you're studying. Okay. And so I was like, okay, based off where I think I'm at, you know, I bet at 200 hours, you know, 100 would be the minimum, but really I'm probably more closer to 200 hours. I could I could reach this goal. So then I uh, downloaded a tracker and I tracked. All of my time studying, oh my and I made sure I was studying, I don't know, I think 10 to 13 hours a week. Was your goal to do 200 fucking hours before taking this test? Or um, 100 or whatever? Yeah. You don't uh, think you had already done some of those hours? Maybe I'm misunderstanding. Okay, that. so yes, I had done many, many hours over the courses of the yeah. years, but that's what got me to the level I was at. I so see. to get to any level, it's two to 400 hours. So I had already reached oh, a level. I see. I've I already see. put in two to 400 hours. So and then, it, every level after that is the same number of hours. Give me one second. Are you I, pausing us? I am not going to pause us. Okay. <clears throat> like I promised, never pause anything if I don't say I'm going to pause. I just paused. If you guys couldn't tell, we're back. <laughs> um, so you, you said hundreds of hours of study to get to a certain level. And I'm thinking I'm starting to just understand what you meant by that. Um, so your goal, you set out to, you set out with an app. What app? To tr- oh, quote yeah, unquote, I track your. Up. Um, well, I first, really first of all, did study you, break. Okay. So, and you felt it was effective. You liked it. Um, I am just very motivated by seeing increases, like counting things, like getting, like having a measurable goal that I can look at. Okay, I've only done 20 hours. That's great. I'm so proud of myself, but I have to do 200, you know, just to kind of keep, just kind of like to motivate me to keep going. Sure. So you downloaded this app called Study Break that did, is that one of those kind of like a exercise watch where you have to like, you 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 you, t- you clock in and clock out for of when you're doing it or does it somehow know when you're doing it no, and keeps track you, of your you have to run it so there's different subjects and um i only it it keeps the total 
Daddy, Dan, you need a break? <laughs> I'm sorry. I was trying to not. <laughs> no, I don't need a break. <laughs> uh, yeah, go on. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, so it keeps track of your study hours for many subjects. So you could not just study French, you could study anything, but the total hours that this particular app keeps track of, it keeps track of your total study hours throughout every single subject. So I made sure to only use this for my French study because I wanted to, like, for example, I could have tracked how many hours I spend, I don't know, cooking like on or... On the exercise bike or yeah, talking to or, your Or, you know, friend. doing some other activity like so you open So you open the app and it's like, are you exercising? And you're like, boop, yes. And it starts the timer and you're so like, now you're getting credit. I, I put in like specific categories for myself. I put in listening in French, of course, écouter. Très bien. Um, I put in listening, speaking, writing, and... Reading grammar actually and i did put creamy i did put reading so i put those in and so when i was whenever i was doing those things i would just hit play and then i would just stop when i was done and they have a timer on there you can set the length of study and it gives you like little breaks oh give you a little beep beep of like hey go go eat away for cookie yeah and if i was super super busy which i started a coding program (sighs) um a couple months after doing this and it was very intense and very hard because I don't like to scale back. I'm very like all in. So I had to just come to terms with I'm a human being and it's not possible. But before the test, I didn't allow myself to scale back. I was literally doing everything. You I was did. doing all the you things. You were busting your ass. And you know what's cool is I you would talk to Carla a little bit about, like she would ask about what some of the other activities that you're doing. And I realized Damn it, Michelle's trying to race ahead of me. She's trying to get better than me. Like I, it was evident just from hearing your you guys is sort of one-on-one conversations, but amidst us that you were doing some other shit. But I didn't want to like barge in and be like, "What she talk? What are you doing? What other thing?" She kept asking about how is these, how are these other things you're doing going, and you would answer with like, "Yeah, I've been doing it every day." I've been doing oh, you it mean how my studying's going? Yeah, and I was like, "Holy shit!" And I was like excited, but also I didn't know exactly what was happening. And but you could tell though. You were so much more confident and so much more, so much quicker in speaking. Just once I realized that that was those were the conversations you were having together. It had probably been a couple of weeks of you really putting the gas on hard of, of trying to do these other activities and do these other mm-hmm. studies, and you could tell immediately it was like, this is, yeah, I don't know. It's like the the competitor that all of a sudden is like, I'm gonna stop eating McDonald's. And I'm going to start actually going to the gym. And then it's like, whoa, this person is next. All of a sudden is a, is, is banging, is a real challenger. And I never ha- had a chance around that time to ask you what the heck you were doing. But later we talked a little bit about it. And uh-huh. I, so, yeah. So y- you busted your butt specifically for the Delph exam. Yeah, because right. I really wanted to go to France. And the only way to go on an extended visa is to either be a student or get a work visa. Work visas are like impossible, pretty much. And I looked into different programs like getting a master's in France and doing other things. But it all really boiled down to if I wanted a master's, it's going to be way easier for me to do it in the U.S. Um, And if I wanted to go to France to learn French, just do that. That would be a master's in French language speaking or whatever. Not true. 
Oh, that was. I was actually okay. looking at getting an MBA in France. Oh, I see. So you were gonna go. That was gonna be a two birds one stone kind of thing, like a learn French and also get a business degree. I just picked a random subject. The subject matter almost didn't matter because again, see. it was just about French. But I am interested in business. I thought, oh, that's a good crossover to everything. But most MBA programs in France were. Um, English speaking, so I was like, "Well, that's not going to well, be." Well, if a it's go. called MBA, then of course it would call, it'd be called MBA. <laughs> no, they don't even call it that if it's a real <laughs> French program. But I, yeah, I decided not to do that for various reasons. And when I, you know, kind of found this program again and realized I totally qualified, I was like, "Okay, I'm going to go after this with all I got. And if I don't get in, whatever, I'll go for three months on a tourist yeah. visa, come back, go back again." Okay. Um, like I was like, I can make my own program. Multiple different ways to make it work. Yeah. I mean, the best part about being in your thirties, as you know, is you have your own money. So bit, you can yeah. do things that you couldn't have done in your twenties. A tourist visa for three months. Yeah. And you, you, and so you've got, I don't want to talk finances, but you've got a little bit, you're, you're, you're just like, man, I could, I could survive on what I've got. Or are you planning on having an income during that period of time? Um, I could survive on what I have because I have, you know, saved knowing that I wanted to do this for a sure. little bit of time. Awesome. And um, I also have an Airbnb uh, that will be making money when uh, I'm gone. A, ca- a cash cow. It kind of is. Yeah. So, um, I mean, not like psycho or anything, but it's enough. Like it brings in money when I'm not working. So yeah, that's nice. Yeah, sure. Hey, anything's yeah. better than nothing. Um, okay, so let's see. So then you decided you needed to pass the Delphi. You started working hard. You got downloaded mm-hmm. an app to monitor your what you were spending your free time doing to assure that you would be guided to spending enough time practicing this thing you wanted to uh-huh. become it, more of an expert at. Um, you, I think one of the other things you did that eventually was inspirational to me, though, was this thing called italki. Is that oh, right? Yeah. Have you been doing it since I told you about it? Uh, pretty much, but I, oh I've gosh. had I've had a long break because my favorite teacher, my main teacher, uh-huh. has been he went on vacation, then he got COVID. There was a couple of other okay. things. That he's a young guy, and I think he's perfectly healthy. Well, shout outs, uh, I can say his name. Shout outs, Pierre Emmanuel, awesome dude. He's mm-hmm. from Montreal. He's so cool. And uh, but we were doing once or twice a week. We'll do forty five minute okay get togethers, and we've done I don't know twenty six or twenty seven of them ever since you kind of okay. told me about it and i tried a couple other teachers um you know you get mixed results it depends yeah. they all say oh anybody at any level and all this kind of stuff but you never know yeah but anyway what was your experience with italki yeah i did multiple different teachers um it was incredibly helpful preparing for the Delph because with each teacher, like I would schedule three meetings in a day, three like 30 minute meetings. With the same teacher? No, different teachers. Oh, I And see. so I would kind of have the same conversation with each teacher. Oh, and introduction so, kind of conversation. Yeah, or about like, hey, I'm taking the Delph because I want to do this and whatever and like introducing myself and also like explaining my situation so then that's pretty much what you have to do on the introductory intermediate delf exam so i was very confident for the exam um so it was great i haven't really done it uh since then because i've been really really focused on passing my coding class which i did congratulations thank you so yeah i'm gonna have to start hitting the books again because I want like I'm trying to get the most out of it I possibly can so I want to be at a higher level when I go that's awesome I still want to figure out whatever the damn solution was to that thing we talked about the one night we, you had it we were looking at you were in some, what was the primary language you guys were using 
It's it either oh, the coding C language? or Java or something. Java. And we we're looking at something. I was like, look, I'm not familiar with this language, but this looks like it's trying to reference a function that's given a null response or something. There was some... We we yeah. Remember we were on the phone for a little while trying yeah. to figure it out. I'm like, I know a little bit about programming, but not this particular language. We were fussing with it, mm-hmm. and then the next day you said you had you texted saying you had figured it out, and I was like, well, that's good. You got an answer. You went to the teacher TA or whatever. Yeah. And I was still not convinced, or I was I never had satisfaction. I was like, is that solution? Is that what I thought it was, or was it just some other thing? I don't know. But if you got through it and you're feeling confident now, I guess it doesn't matter. So, I mean, I got through it, Dan. I wouldn't say Absolutely. confident. I would say you have to do it for a little bit longer. You know so that's that's what I'll be doing in France. I'll be focusing on multiple levels of language learning, hey. computer and French. That's terrifique. Is that a word? Terrifique? Probably not. Um, I think so. Super. I bet you they would just uh-huh. say super génial. Mm-hmm. Um, do you, here's a question for you, a fun question. Okay. Uh, what do you think is your vocabulary um, fluency for the words you're going to need for computer programming. It's hilarious that you asked that. Because is, is ordinateur, is l'ordinateur, is that still a thing for like your laptop or your, I assume they just call them English. Is it laptop? That's not even the barrier that's the most scary. Okay. It's the knowing the words for curly brackets, okay. backslash, yeah. like spread operator. I wonder <laughs> if there's, dude, I wonder if somebody out there, you could be the first one. I would help you do this. I would love to help you do this. Making like an an English speaker's guide to becoming a programmer in France. There's there may only be fifty of them in the world, but you could be the pioneer for it. Yeah, and say here are the first fifty things you're gonna know. This is gonna get you seventy five percent of the way there. Okay, and now chapter two, and we'll work on that later. Here, here's the next few things that are gonna cause you trouble. And guess what? Chapter one, it's gonna start with curly bracket. Yeah. We're going to give them yeah. a, this equals that. I mean, one happy thing is programming internationally is in English. So, like, return oh. is still going to be so return. So, they have to deal with end and for. And, uh, <sighs> they do have to do that. But but <laughs> when but <laughs> when they're speaking to each other, they're going to reference. Like, if someone was speaking to me, they'd be like, oh, you're missing a curly bracket. Because as you can know, that can throw off your coat. Um, or you're missing a semicolon. Like. Sorry, not sorry. Don't know that word. Do they call it the same as they would in grammar? It's point virgule, right? They just call it. They just call it period, comma. A oh, okay. Okay, so yeah, I yeah, knowing those words is helpful. Or just I wonder if they call it the same thing though, or if since or if they need a more expedient type of language, so they might have a different word for it. I don't know. I'll let you know. So the <laughs> awesome. the next the next phase of like French preparation, which I really need to do in the next week or two, is I need to. Um, see if they they have assigned me officially to a school. Uh, so they've assigned me to a region, which is the Nice region, but I haven't been assigned to a school. Nice? The Nice region. Okay. So not Nice the city, but it's like kind of like, you know, saying like St. Charles County. Oh, okay. Sort of thing. So I don't know where I'm going to be at, but once I figure out where I'm going to be, I thought about trying to find some type of internship in coding. You're going to be on the Mediterranean. It's actually a very desirable tourist location. No shit. I I chose it because I needed to. France is divided into three school zones. Hello. And I needed to be back in the states for a wedding that I have to photograph in April. So I literally chose my reason based on the school zone um, when my program would end. Oh my 
So ironically, as wonderful as it's going to be, it was my least favorite choice because they have the highest population of English speakers. Oh, oh, you're really trying to get away from that yes, tendency. Yes, okay, but right. but I was really drawn to the fact that they have a lot of sun there. Oh, you I'm know, the whole there. Mediterranean Sea and the whole everyone yeah. else wants to be there. Yeah. Um, so it's, I'm sure it's going to be great. But once I figure out which which little town city or whatever with my freaking luck i'll be in like nice the city <laughs> which is actually what i don't want to be i want to be in like a little village or something um oh, but but I then i would find look, everything it is that you want yeah i would love to have i'm going to be looking for a french roommate um i'm going to be trying to bring my cat with me um the one drawback of going to europe for seven months is finding someone to watch all of your pets so I'm kind of dividing my dog up between friends for different months. Sure. So yeah, I have the first three months covered and going to rotate, I guess, through those people again oh, or other things. So Michelle, this is my life. Bring your cat. Here's what we do, Michelle. You bring your cat to France. Yeah. French cat. Course. Absolutely. Okay. And you and you um with some imagination and creativity involved, you keep keep a sort of a diary on behalf of your cat, of all the crazy things it does. You just watch it behave silly. You know, when you have a little free time and you're just trying to okay. relax, and then you kind of write out what you might think would be the, you know, what would be the, the escapades of the cat as you watch it, and, it's, and, and as you project upon it feelings and emotions and thoughts. As it looks out the window, you imagine what it gazes upon and what okay. it imagines. And, we're, and bring him back, and we're going to turn that whole thing into a motion picture. Okay. Yeah, I have to find someone that allows cats. So, Dan, listeners, send me good vibes that I can find someone that allows pets. You don't even Um, probably need... Speaking of which, you mentioned mentioned photography. You probably don't even need a a podcast like mine, even with my less than 10,000 listeners. You want to shout out your pod... uh, Excuse me, your uh, photography. Michelle, for folks, is one of the premier photographers in the city recognized by publications recognized by top 10 lists across uh would, would you even want to definitely top 10 lists across missouri for sure uh, michelle marie photography photography spelled the french way of course with an ie instead of a y don't try to go to my website because it's currently down <laughs> when they're listening to this it'll be back up <laughs> uh, Likely or maybe not. not. Likely not. But um, when I get free time, which might be when I'm in France, um, it'll be up. Yeah, I plan on redoing my website when I'm in France. That's one of the things I plan on doing. Michelle Marie. One of the things that Michelle is extremely humble about is that she's an extremely well-respected professional in that regard. And Michelle has done, has kindly done, in a friendly manner, has done uh, some photog sessions for me and the bear. So we have some real pretty pictures of just like fall or Christmas photos to send out to the family, and uh, they always turn out top ten quality shit. Um, so Dan. Fucking check her out. But also, yeah, you don't need me to tell you that. That's like me saying, hey, shout-outs Tom Cruise, one of the best actors out there. A lot of people like him, so look him up if you haven't heard of him. You don't need me to tell you that. But I, but I, but it would be inappropriate if I didn't. Okay. Well, anyway. I appreciate the shout-out. That's so nice. absolutely awesome. We have used her services and loved it every time. Five stars. Um, <laughs> Michelle, what are we missing here? We're, gr- we're getting close to time, and I feel like it's... It, uh, okay. Let's we, see. We have discussed your journey to how you've gotten from a person who wanted to go to France to a uh-huh. person who is now absolutely going to France. Yeah. Still don't have everything worked out. Well, I'm that's sure, okay. I'm sure... Um, 
the bear could sympathize with, hey, I got this plan and idea, but I'm just going to do it anyway, even though it's not all figured out. Sure. Sometimes you yeah. jump in. What's the word? Yeah. Jumping in head first or you uh-huh. jump in before you. Yeah. Know. Oh, do we have a question? Listener um, question? Yeah, we're getting a little close to time here. So I wanted to make sure. And what do you know? Our number one listener and number one email sender, the bear herself, has indeed sent a, a message. She's so curious. I just love the bear. She okay. says, hi. Oh, that is how she'd say it. I refrained from my convo. So here's the question. That's right. Bear was with us while we were having a delicious dinner prior to our podcast. Michelle, uh-huh. Michelle, myself, and the bear. And Bear did a good job of refraining from asking too many questions about France and those type of things that we wanted to maybe have those conversations on the pod. But here she has some questions. <clears throat> First, and she's used hyphens for her bullet points. Excellent. And uncapitalized questions. What are, oh, good question. <laughs> what are your must takes on your packing list like not the regular packing list items but maybe the random comfort items what do you you gotta have aside from my cat (laughs) that you're definitely putting in luggage um she will be my one of my checked things so okay must pack might be a comfort item not not the regulars she like says, the random thing. Okay, so what I should preface this with is the last time I went to France, I overpacked way too much. So I will be drastically reducing that. Um, for se- for how many months are you going to be there? I'll be there for seven months. But the last time I came with two giant roller bags, a backpacking backpack, and then like a small little backpack I wore in the front. And it was too much for me to carry. It was way annoying. So this time I would like to come with my backpack and one checked bag and i don't want the checked bag to be all the way full because i'm no wonder want to buy stuff seven months are you gonna be buying a bunch of clothes while you're there you think you're gonna redo i mean how many outfits are we talking in one checked like a an overhead i you, you maybe could put five if it's a top and a type of you're gonna need socks you're gonna need some other stuff in there so uh, i'll be lucky because i will leave no- october 1st and i will come back after four weeks because i have to shoot a wedding it's a little bit of unfortunate um timing and then hey, when you're a celebrity wedding photographer you got to move, make moves <laughs> internationally that's true so it ends up working fine because i had a school break in france they take a two-week break every six weeks Type, yeah. so the break fell on my school break no big deal um so i'm hoping to switch out like summery type clothes for wintery type clothes are you gonna bring back some leave them Take others. Yes, that's what I'm thinking. Um, and yeah, I'm just going to wear the same damn thing all the time because I don't know. It's so, it sucks to overpack. I'm going to try really hard, but I'm trying to think of all of my, American. all of my random items. Um, maybe I would bring my food scale. I really like that. It's nice to know how many, well, in this case, grams. Exactly. I can't get mixed up in there like weird metric shit. I never told you how many grams of butter I served you tonight. Was it a lot? Um, I put, I mean, I put a quarter stick into that, into that roux that I made there, but, uh, yeah. Otherwise pretty, I mean, I use a, when I'm serving guests, I I use a little more oil in the pan when I'm cooking birds, you know, kind of grease them up a little bit. Okay. (laughs) Otherwise, uh, pretty healthy. Um, food scale? Anything else, Green? Uh, okay, anything else? Do you think that les Français are going to make fun of you for that? Don't care, because I'll use it at home. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, let's see. I could see myself maybe bringing my workout bands with me. Oh, yeah. 
That's right. Um, oh, that's something else we could talk about, but we don't have time. Yeah. Um, I could see myself bringing hiking gear, like uh, a water pack. Like I have a backpack for like water you put in it. Randonnée. Yeah. I, I could see myself bringing that. I would say that that's maybe not normal. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't have like a teddy bear, nightlight, like a comfort item, like a kitty mm. kind of like a. No, I must be a hard ass. You badasses. Yeah. I told you folks, Michelle's the coolest. She's so cool. She makes me even feel like I'm uncool. And you guys know how cool I am. So Super cool. Uh, next. <laughs> great answer. And great question from the bear. Thank you. But she has more. She says, this is an easy one. What are you most excited for? Fair question. I am most excited to learn French more. Um, my mom uh, knows German or studied German as I studied French. And she had to stop or just stopped because of life when she had kids. And she never got to the level she wanted to with German. And that's always been in the back of my mind. So I was like, no, I'm going to get to the level I want to get to. Um while I have time right now. So I'm the most excited to like reach this goal. For really, for really for achieving the goal that is the original impetus for setting out on this whole expedition mm-hmm. in the first place. And yeah, that's still that your was, main. Yeah, that was on the vision board. Michelle dude, that's like Lord French. of the Rings or something, dude. That's like epic. That's like, uh, yeah. oh, yeah, we've got to get rid of this ring. It's got all sorts of evil powers and stuff. We've got to put it in a volcano. And they're like, let's it, let's set out on this expedition, like right, to for deleting this ring from like, Earth and everything. Yeah. And it's like, oh, the, surely they're going to come across lots of hundreds of other sort of side quests and missions and things that's going to like advance them as human beings and all that. And but even at the end of it, it's like Frodo. What are you most excited for? It's like I'm most excited for destroying this fucking ring with all the bad energy and everything like that. It's like he's still got the same motivation at the end. As what started the journey. Maybe, yeah. You're I ha- Frodo. I have a sticky brain. Once I set a goal, I'm pretty stuck on it. And that is what I'm truly, truly most excited about. That most most people awesome. are like excited for me when they think France. And honestly, what I learned from going to France the first time is that I love my family. I would rather be at home with my family and visit France for like a couple weeks and come back. So me being there is 100% for French. So that's what I'm most excited about. That is a really cool quality to have as a person you to know what you want. Yeah. And to be actively pursuing it and to be confident that what you're doing is in the pursuit of that thing and not, uh, oh, do we have a third? <gasps> we have a third podcast guest. We have a guest. guest. Carlito. The doggy. He's the cutest. He, I don't know if he's, the, I don't know if he's the coolest person on the pod right now, but he's the coolest dog. For sure. He's a good boy. He knows to get down. Um, a couple more. Here's okay. a really good one that. I, I like the first two are these kind of positive energy questions, uh-huh. but here's a little bit more of like, um, okay. What are you most nervous about? Oh, that's pretty easy. Um, being alone in France for seven months, not necessarily I can be alone, but I just know from doing it before that I got homesick. So mm. I know I'm going to be homesick. I'm going to be alone. It's going to be hard to remember the main goal of, oh, I'm here to, because there's going to be a time zone to talk to my family, to talk to my boyfriend. So it's going to be hard. And like powering through that is, I know, going to be a challenge. How long? So how long was the one last time? How long were you gone for? 
I was gone for about five months before, five or six months. Oh, so it was pretty long before, too. But I was with a group of friends, which made it better. And maybe didn't have quite the same, like, life situation back at home. Definitely didn't, yeah. Shout out to Kirk, by the way. He's a a champ. He's going to be... He's going yeah, fully w- supportive. Willing to work the long yeah. distance. Yeah, that is tough. And uh, yeah, shout outs and, and absolutely uh, uh, excited for you to, you, that's going to be a big challenge, but y- you'll pull through it in one way or another. But that is a little, I, yeah, that's a perfect answer. It's nerve wracking. Wondering how it's going to work. Yeah, it'll, just it'll have to take it one, one day way at a time. Or the other, but exactly how, and you don't know. Yeah, no, Christine and I lived lived at some distance, not that long of a distance, mm-hmm. but we were a uh, hundred miles apart for a number of years, and yeah, it can be, yeah, challenging. Well, good for you guys for being willing to take on that challenge, and good for you for uh, knowing what you're getting into and still being willing to to fuck with it. I think she's got one more. Okay, what is it? Hit me. Uh, oh, did she? She may have forgotten to hyphenate this bullet point. What is on your list to sightsee while you're there? Oh, okay. So you're gonna be in the south of France. You're gonna be almost on the coast, the Mediterranean coast. So in some ways, I'm the worst because I have nothing planned whatsoever, except for one thing I can bring up to the listeners. Okay. The one thing that I have planned is um, my father, who has never been to Europe. I have to preface this: he's never been to Europe. Is has agreed to visit me because he would like to go on a canal float trip in France, which is apparently a thing where you rent a boat for a week and you kind of live on the boat and you float in this like little yacht boat that really looks like kind of like a fishing boat down these different canals and there's different locks and keys and you have to open them and close them and go along the way. And I asked him how in the hell did you know that there was such thing as a canal float trip in france right wouldn't that be your mind goes that's where i'm at okay 30 years ago he saw it in a magazine he's always remembered it how funny is that (laughs) oh my god he's also like he's like you know what else i want to do i want i definitely want to own a trans am and i want to meet hulk hogan that's all and i want to be in the next die hard which will be die hard too yeah, it's kind of crazy. This so, man's living 30 years in the past, but he's got dreams that dreams he's never, never die. Re- he's never really been interested in Europe. He goes to Mexico every year, and now he's added the Philippines to that. So he's just not interested in like the mainstream thing. Okay. But so he's think, interested so he's in like, this experience. I'm excited that my daughter's going there. I want to participate in some way. And, and what flashed in his mind was I saw this thing that one time, and it, it, was, uh-huh. it, it birthed into this excitement. And so like, hey, why the hell not? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, so uh, I get a little motion sick, but, uh, you know, for a memory with my dad and like, how cool, like, isn't that cool? I would have never known that was a thing. Um. Yeah, how, yeah, that's totally, yeah, it, it seems like, the, you. How, how do you avoid doing the way too mainstream things? And how I would do you, say that's not how do you mainstream avoid for do, sure. Well, that's what I'm saying yeah. is like, the, what is the impetus for stumbling upon these weird sort of unexpected side missions that aren't? boring just doing nothing like mm-hmm. well i just want to walk around town okay but what are you experiencing yeah or well i want to go to the eiffel tower that's fine but that's pure tourism and you're mm-hmm. not necessarily you're probably a barely experiencing culture at that point where how do you find what's in between and maybe sometimes it has to kind of just be random and your dad's like i saw this thing a million years ago and you're like perfect that is perfectly random that's just a weird thing yeah canal tours that how else would you have heard about that i'm 
Yeah, I'm grateful. I'm with you, man. You have to do it, Dan, after Shout I do outs. it. We'll get there eventually. Um, which leads me <laughs> into my next <laughs> question. <laughs> the Bear's next question. Thank you, Bear, by the way, for putting together a thoughtful email for our lovely guest. She says, will you come back and do an After France podcast? Absolutely. <laughs> um, Maybe that time we'll have actual French food. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Michelle's, I, will, I would love request, to do that. Michelle had requested. I said, what would you like me to make when we planned this a, couple, a week and a half ago? And she said, well, I don't know. Try something French. Well, things have been busy and <laughs> I didn't get around. I made a dinner that I think was nice. It was delicious. But it was a little bit amateur. I didn't try anything wild or french like i had hoped i would okay i just didn't really have the time to get to it instead we did um we did chicken and mashed potatoes and uh some zucchini and there was a little funky sauce i made that ended up kind of weird but kind of okay uh-huh. and uh, but it wasn't french it was pretty routine next time when you come back it's we're gonna do something very authentic i'll figure out a way i can't wait <laughs> thanks for having me dan oh thanks for being here you're so damn cool hey we should maybe maybe attempt to do it one more time before you disappear to france yeah i'll let you know um how i'm doing preparing for for france Ho- hopefully the listeners will be my motivation sure. to continue studying they're so gonna that email, I can they're gonna send a million emails report back i'm at do. 221 and 59 minutes of study hours. hours. Oh my so hopefully God. the next hey, time you know we else? talk, I'll be at at least 300. My goodness. Hey, if there's anything I can do to help, I don't know what it would be. But you know, if it's cheaper or free, I'd be happy to just sit and have a bullshit conversation with you in okay. French. It'll be me being mediocre at French and you being wherever you are at French. Mm, but pretty that, mediocre. But, but that yeah. would be totally free. Um, okay. Or you can talk to professionals that judge you. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's you. nice to be unjudged. <laughs> if there's anything I can do, I would love to help. Anyway, I'm very excited for you. So proud of you for pursuing what you wanted to do. So happy that things sort of aligned in the way that they did and excited for what the future holds for you. But most importantly, I am indebted to you for coming over and being a part of the podcast. And uh, thank you so much. Thank you, Dan. Thanks for having me. All right. We're going to cut it off here. I know. I know you don't want it to end, but it has to. <laughs> Bye, guys. <laughs>